0: Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Kolea. Heck yeah. Um, It's exciting, actually, my first guest. So, first of all, and I've known you for, like, a little while, but I've actually wanted to sort of have this conversation with you because I just want to say kind of at the outset that I've been kind of just, like, inspired by your energy and your courage, actually, that, Uh yeah, I've, like, I've, I've really felt it and seen it just close up, so I've been, like, excited to kind of get to know you better. So first, I just want to ask, so just tell me where you grew up, kind of a little bit about your family, um, where you were born, that kind of thing.
1: For sure. Uh, well, I grew up here local in Sonoma County, a little town called Katati. Okay. Um, I grew up in actually kind of a unique situation, actually, though. My folks lived in a, um, like, they got together with other families and bought a piece of land, like, and we, so we lived in a collective. So it was super sweet. I always had lots of kids to play with growing up.
0: Wow. That were like my okay. next door neighbors and so stuff. So that's pretty unusual. Yeah. What What was that like?
1: It was fun. Like give
0: me like paint the picture. Like, What did it look like? Kind of like how did it feel?
1: I mean, it was, it wasn't too abnormal. I, I had like a normal childhood, went to school and everything like that normal. But I'd say the main difference was that I had not only my siblings, but then I also had like all my extended siblings, which would be, there would be like half a dozen other kids around that I could play with whenever. So Sort
0: of like every day? Like people were around? Or, mm-hmm. Like how did meals... Like,
1: and like my mom would go to work and she would just like leave us at home and be like, if you need anything, like Callie's next door.
0: <laughs> what, did you, what did your mom do for work?
1: My mom's a massage therapist.
0: Okay. Okay, so you, so you grew up in a community with mom who was a massage therapist mm-hmm. and you have siblings? Yeah. Okay, tell me a little bit about... Just
1: I have a little brother and I have an older sister. I didn't grow up with my older sister though.
0: Okay, and also tell me just because I honestly I feel like you're wise beyond your years. Tell me how old you are, just so I can kind of catch everything. I'm 21. Okay, you're yeah. 20. You're 21. I'm 21. You I were... turned
1: 21 during a pandemic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, I have so many, so many questions. All right. So, what about was your was your dad in the picture or?
1: Yeah, my dad was in the picture. My dad. Um, worked as a water treatment plant operator. So he's he was the guy who sat in a big plant and made sure that all the right amount of chlorine was going into the drinking water.
0: <laughs> okay. So... Are I you mean, closer to your mom or your dad?
1: My mom, for sure.
0: And what's she like? Just tell me kind of as a person, like your, your relationship, like what's her vibe like?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a long and complicated story. <laughs> okay, yeah. As I mean. it is for most. But, um... I mean, I love my mom to death.
0: Do you say you would you say you take after her in ways, or like, do you Ooh. see any of you and her in any way? Honestly,
1: I would say, the older I get, the more I realize I do have some of the same patterns as my mom, which I like and don't like. Yeah. Um. But I mean,
0: what are just out of curiosity, like, did, did he come to mind, like any sort of patterns, like that you've started to notice in yourself that you're like, wow, that kind of goes back to the tree?
1: Yeah. Um, let me think. Like, I've noticed that I sort of do the same thing that my mom used to do, which would bug me, where she would... I was actually mentioning this to you the other day, how I was like, have been kind of coming to the realization, and I don't want to use this term too lightly, but, like, the term codependency... Right. How I, I've been realizing that I have like a lot of relationships in my life that aren't super balanced. And I, I think I'm psychologically a little bit confused between being needed and being loved. So I, I end up in these situations where I'm needed so that I won't be alone, if that makes sense. It does. And I don't know exactly how that's connected to my mom yet. I'm still figuring it out, but I think that it is somehow connected to my relationship with my mother. Most things are, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. No, I very much feel like products of my parents for better or for worse. Well so I wanna I wanna just unpack that a little bit more because that's I mean that that's fascinating. I mean how how would you say that's kind of like showing up for you these days or like or tell me about these days. I mean what you know, what are you like what are you processing? What are you working on? What are you feeling (laughs) these days? Or where, or what do you get out of bed, you know, excited about or dreading?
1: I don't quite know what to say. I get out of bed. Every day, to be honest, every day, to get out of bed, I have to play like, ridiculous music. Like every day when I wake up, I either put on like some crazy trippy bass music. Or like, Flo Millie. Like this morning I woke up and I was feeling super down because I had a bad dream. So I put on Flo Millie to wake up and it's just like, dicks up, but I step in the party. And I'm like, alright, ready to go.
0: <laughs> okay, tell me. Because so actually I wanted to ask you a little bit about music and like your relationship with music. Like what does it kind of do for you?
1: A lot. Music does a lot. Music carries me through my day actually. I. I feel like there's a lot that goes on in my brain, and music is like. This wave that will help carry me through my day. I'll
0: how listen. how often would you say, like on a given day, do you listen to music, or like what, like what role does it usually play?
1: I must spend like thirty percent of my day listening to music.
0: Okay, like, that's 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 fascinating. Yeah. Would you say it's kind of like a like, constant com opinion, sort of a therapeutic release, like both, like, is it the art that kind of helps you, like, vibe with whatever you're dealing with, like channeling into the music and kind of offload, or what would you, what would you say?
1: I'd say it is a therapeutic release for sure, it helps me feel my emotions, and it helps me feel like... Not alone, when you hear a song that you connect with, it can help, like, validate how I feel for me, if that makes sense, and it can help me fall asleep, or it can help wake me up. It can help me get through a shift at work.
0: What kind of music have you been feeling lately, or, or, or what are some of your favorite, like, song? what are your go-tos? What are your favorite songs or artists you feel, or lately what's been, like, resonating?
1: Mm, I like all different types of music. Yeah.
0: Is it like if you're in a different mood, you put on like. D- does the music does the music kind of match your mood, or is it sort of like. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Anything lately been like, okay, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd say probably my number one song of the last couple months has been the song called "Invitation" by a girl named Nico, which is like. A real angry vibe song.
0: Um, um, tell me more, please.
1: It's like a fuck you, men song. Is it, like it's called Invitation. It's all like this is not an invitation. Get the fuck out of my space. That's the that's the nature of the song, and I like to listen to it at least like once a day.
0: Okay, there's there's so there's so many things I want to ask you. Like you've hit on a couple things like in the last couple minutes. One, just talking about like your emotions which I'm really interested in for several reasons but one is because I don't know if we've had a chance to talk about this that much is like so I'm almost 37 and like I've had a really challenging time feeling embodying sitting with my emotions expressing it it's almost probably been my biggest blind spot in life and it's really hurt me like yeah. it's really hurt me I think over. think you
1: were mentioning that to yeah, me the other day
0: it's really hurt me over my journey that I haven't haven't been able to express emotions in like a healthy way or even or even even get them out at yeah. all and so they build up and then they usually come out, you know, too much or in the wrong ways. So like to me what you're saying is I hear that and I'm like, "Yes. Like yeah. that is, like that like that is something that none of us are like Doing enough, or it's not, you know, encouraging enough in society. So, like, what's your relationship with your emotions, or like, what's kind of been your? Ha- have you always like? So you said you've been listening to a song that's been sounds like it's been like helping you channel tap into your anger a little bit more. Yeah. What's your relationship been with like anger? Has it is this more of a recent thing? It's been unfolding, or like?
1: Totally, I'm I'm glad you bring this up. For me personally. All the lessons that I've been learning recently have been definitely a lot about um, being able to like assert my own emotions and needs and not feeling ashamed about that or like I'm a problem for having them. I I don't know if this has to do with just me personally or like being socialized as a girl in this world or a combination of both but I have found it hard to tap into my anger a lot but I definitely have some stuff to be really angry about and I find it actually super healing to be able to have an outlet for that anger whether it be just like listening to music like that and like screaming along to it while I'm driving in my car or like you know chopping wood or something like that or just getting to say what I'm thinking to somebody like you know I used to not realize that I was just allowed to do that. Like I was just allowed to have a personal boundary and make that choice. And if somebody else has a problem with that, then that's the problem, right? Like, this is a lesson that I'm really still trying to learn how to act out in my life.
0: Okay. I just want to say, amen. Thank the (laughs) Lord that you're saying this. this. This is what I meant when I started the conversation by saying just being around you I feel encouraged and inspired like the fact that at 21 you're even talking about this you're even feeling this like I this has taken me decades to even start to drill down below the surface and be like wait what is all this rage what is all this despair what is all this frustration loneliness sadness like you know, whether it's for my family system or society, but, like, at 21, you're already thinking about this. And, t- like, even the fact that, like, you're yelling and singing in your car, like, think about what it would the world would be like if more people did that. <laughs> Instead of, like, discharging it on, like, people we love. Totally. Or, like, colleagues. Or, like, relationships. Or families. Or roommates. Or, you know, neighbors. Or people we don't know. Right? Like, okay, so just... Getting down to the roots a little bit more. I mean, were there some challenges, like, early on or formative experiences that, like, you feel like may have kind of, like, given birth to some of that anger? Like, are there things you can kind of remember that you're, like, like, growing up that was hard to deal with? Like, anything come out in your mind of, like, looking back of, like, you know, you were saying, like, you maybe didn't have the opportunity to feel as much as you were because as kids we often don't get that encouragement do you remember any sort of like they didn't have a specific experience but it could just be like a. I don't know we're you know anything now looking back in hindsight where you, are you kind of like i mean i can give you an example in my life if that's helpful you yeah, kind of like right. well you know i mean i i love both my parents But my relationship, I'd say, with my dad is, you know, maybe a little bit more complicated. And he was a very big personality that had a lot of anger. And because he had a lot of anger, it took up a lot of oxygen in the house. Mm -hmm. And often being around him, I didn't feel like I could. I I felt like because of his relationship with anger, I couldn't really be angry myself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like stuffed it down. So that developed like a very unhealthy relationship to anger for me. And one that, like, I think would then play out in in inappropriate ways because I didn't, you know, because I grew up with a dad who just, like, you know, he was was a loving guy and he was generous in many ways. And, you know, I, I love him to this day, but he didn't model a healthy relationship with anger. And he also took up a lot of oxygen in the room. So I couldn't, I didn't get that anger out in a healthy way. And I didn't develop that pattern that practice for you was there any sort of like
1: yeah I mean yes there was and but I kind of want to go off something that you said there because I think you touched on something really important like we can have these little things it makes a lot of sense what you're saying that you growing up didn't really get the space to express or explore anger in a healthy way and that might not seem like a big deal but then like you end up with anger inside you, and it's sort of like the longer that time goes on, the more it like takes root in the body and, you know, kind of like integrates into your body in a in a way to where you can't even really separate like where it's coming from anymore, and then it's getting expressed, and, and you don't understand why or like what's happening or where it's coming from, right? And I mean, it's... It's something I experienced too, not so much with the anger, but with like the experience of having some sort of trauma in the body and it's sort of taking root and then becoming really confusing as to whether like certain reactions to situations are coming from me or are coming from my response to this trauma that's like integrated into my being, you know what I mean? And I mean, I definitely recommend that everybody check out Ashniko. If you're a woman, especially. um, Because she gets mad, you know? And she gets out there and says, like, this is not cool. And that's what I feel that I want to be angry about. But but in a healthy way. Because, you know, things have happened to me. Like, sexual violation has happened. And it's really scary to be mad about it, for some reason.
0: Okay, so... I have so many things that I want to, so tell me that, I mean, because obviously, you know, as, as a man, I mean, I, you know, have sisters and I'm close to my mom and, Mm -hmm. um, but I, do you feel like as, as a, as a woman that it's, it's challenging or frowned upon to be sort of angry or to sort of own that or express that? What's been your kind of relationship with that? Like as as, as a woman, I mean, and how are you feeling these days? I mean, are you, like, you know, are you feeling, like, it's been kind of cool, I feel like, in the last, not just several months, but really several years, to see a lot of women sort of, like, okay, fuck this.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, enough is enough. Yeah. Like, I just love to hear, kind of, I mean, you know, as a, I, I, I feel you as a very empowered woman, I just sort of would like to know, sort of, like, how that's kind of unfolding, for you or like
1: it's yeah it it is frowned upon I think to be angry about it even if it's unintentional but um I've received a lot of negative responses from men when I do assert boundaries or get angry um I've received a lot of reactivity um and so like a it can seem easier to just kind of like, lie down and, and not address the issue. Like, less painful in the long run to not, like, start these fights, you know? Um, What was the question again? No, no, that
0: that's, that's amazing. Like, I, I, I would just... I'd love to hear, I mean... Because I'm sure, like... You know, as a man, I've put women in, you know, situations like that, too. I mean, can you just think of, like... I don't know, just examples of, like... Where you felt sort of, like... You know, you were saying that, that that you know, you, if you, where you were true, you were, I think what you were saying is when you were true, when you tried to express your emotion, you got negative reactions. Can you kind of give me an example of like how that would kind of look or what that would play out? Like, is that be something specific, but like, mm. I I feel like that, that I'm not, like I'm sitting at your feet now wanting to learn. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: okay. Okay.
0: Like, like what, what are we doing wrong? Like as oh, men, yeah. like, you know, like I really want to like, what are we doing you know. Dude, on a, yeah.
1: That is that is what I want. Someone to sit down and be like, what am I doing wrong? Because I mean, so many scenarios are popping into my brain, I can't even I mean everybody reacts differently, every situation is different. Yeah. But um if I was gonna say something to all men, I would say, you know, um I can understand how uncomfortable it must be to be confronted with something. You know, I'm sure that if I come to a guy and I say, I'm hurt, you've done something wrong, that's that's going to induce a lot of shame probably. You know, that's going to be a really uncomfortable experience for him. And I, I can understand what that emotion must feel like because I've experienced the same emotions for other reasons, of course. But so what I would ask from men would be for them to try and be better bigger than their emotional reaction try and be more mature and bigger than your emotional reaction so that you have the ability to say to me what you just said to me which is what do you need from me what am i doing wrong you know you may feel hurt if i'm accusing you of something but putting your hurt aside and addressing my hurt instead and you can feel your hurt and your shame that's totally valid but talk about it with someone else not me that would be the ideal response
0: I think Mm. you know I I think we're I think we're hitting on a really important edge because it this sort of like beautifully dovetails what we were talking about before like I was sort of saying in my own personal journey I didn't feel comfortable with emotions expressing emotions and so, there's this really interesting edge in this paradox around dealing with with women. That sort of I think what what we're both sort of saying, Morty Green, that it would be really healthy to discuss these, you know, discuss these emotions and and discuss like, you know, whether we were in a relationship, whether it was a friendship, romantic, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. mother son, you know, anything relationship. To talk about sort of like, oh, how did I, you know, hurt you, or how did I, you know, act in a way. But often for all of us, I'd say all humans, but especially males, there there's really has been this emphasis on not expressing, (laughs) on not expressing your emotions. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like to do what you said, which I absolutely believe is the way forward, is the answer. It's like it's also like going into a trap, a rusty, scary trap that, in a way, we haven't been equipped to do. We haven't been given the tools to do that. Sure. So it's sort of like you know, it's almost like, like we've been told and conditioned in this way. I mean, it sounds almost cliche to say it, right? But the whole like, oh, be strong, you know, be, don't show anything, never let them see a sweat, like don't, and like to do what you're saying is almost like. I think you you, you nailed it when you said the word shame because it's like we're trying to avoid any of that sort of vulnerability. So like there's such a big payoff by doing what we're talking about, you know, in terms of like coming to the table and saying like, you know, there's a humility. How can I, you know, fit with you and like serve your needs and like make it so you can flow. But it's been so discouraged to do that And, like, part of it is that initial shame that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it would probably take a lot of vulnerability for a guy who's been... I mean, I don't know what it feels like, but I often try to imagine it must be pretty hard to, like, be told all your life that if you're not on top, like, you ain't shit. (laughs) Like, is that what it feels like growing up in school, like, as a guy on the basketball court?
0: Yeah. I think that, like, hopefully the world's getting better about it. But I think... There has been this pervasive, almost like survival of the fittest. Like, if you're not strong, if you're not conquering, if you're not winning, if you're not better than other people, then you're weak. Yeah. You know? And, and like, quite honestly, I think, like, that's part of why, like, men and women have such a hard time... (laughs) like, relating and meshing to each other is because the conditioning and the patterns are so thick. Like, we're being told one thing all the time. And then, like, what you just said, which was so beautiful and profound, was that, like, what we actually need is the opposite. Like, we need the opposite of what you're being conditioned and patterned to do all the time. Right? Like, is that not the purpose, but is that sort of, like... I guess we need both, like, you know, like, there's, like, there's, there, there's a place for both. So, yeah, I mean, just to dovetail off that, I'm curious, I mean, you have, you have been thinking about so many things, like, so what, what what was kind of the relationship with men sort of, like, growing up, like, you know, I mean, we talked about your dad a little bit, but just in general, like, I guess, I guess I really want to cut to some of the heart of it, like, in 2020, like, what does it feel like to be a woman in the world? Like, I mean... Have, have you felt like it's been hard to build a trust with men in terms of like, you know, I'm sure, like you just kind of mentioned before, you, you've you been in situations with men that like haven't been positive. Yeah. I I would just love to hear a little bit more, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be super specific, but just like, you know, I mean, you know, I think it'd be, it, it's good for me to hear. It's good for anyone to hear, you know, I just like, tell me a little bit about, I don't know, you know, like you're... Experience there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get too personal No, and you don't need to.
0: You don't need to. I'd say
1: my... If I were to try to summarize my experience, it would be the word exhaustion. Like... It's... It's exhausting. I don't think that... Men realize the sheer volume of, like... Men coming at us all day, every day. And the stuff that... You just normalize. Like, it it makes me not, it, it's given me a guilty until proven innocent attitude towards men who I don't know because I've just, I'm not trying to say that men are bad whatsoever. Um, I'm just trying to say that I've had so many experiences where I've been like, Felt betrayed or disappointed that I'm so exhausted that I don't even like want to deal with it anymore.
0: And how incredible that that's normal, that that's become normal. Like that, that
1: like,
0: like, I, like I, I'm ashamed to say that that almost doesn't even surprise me. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm embarrassed for myself and for all, you know, I mean, I feel like I want to. Apologize on behalf of me, and, me uh, and all men. No, no, no and I don't. And I, and I, and it's I, always like the but most... <laughs> I, But I don't mean that in like falling on the sword. I mean that in like, I think as men, we know on a deeper level, like the pain and trauma that we've inflicted. And, and you know, part of it is the conditioning I was talking about. Ye- ye- years, decades, thousands of years of conquering. I mean, this is, there are roots to this shit. Yes. There are some very dark roots to how this has gone on. You know, a lot of the world, there's been a lot of like raping, raping, pillaging in the world to establish a lot of things. And this has been built into our DNA. But to hear that from like, for hearing from that a woman is like, it's so heartbreaking and confronting. I mean, it's healing actually in a way to hear it. I feel like just, just hearing it is like a medicine that I personally need and that we as men need.
1: I appreciate you listening.
0: No, I, I, mean mean, it, but it's like this is. I feel like beyond any podcast, beyond anything, this is like a conversation that like has to be had on like in like a family system, in a society, in like a global. Well, I mean, this is kind of the conversation that is happening in twenty twenty in like a lot of different ways, in like male female dynamics, in race dynamics, in socioeconomic dynamics, in justice, like all over the place. And I feel like just by you sharing like, your experience of being a woman, it's like, it's a wake-up call. It's like, this isn't cool, you know? Like, this isn't, it's not cool. Like, you're 21, that's not that old, and you already feel that way? Like, that's, I mean, no, like, I, I, I'm not trying to, like, paint a negative brush here. But the fact that you are 21 years old and you already feel that way as a woman in this world is like we're not we're doing something oh, wrong. Oh yeah, here. I don't
1: like to think about it. <laughs> There's so many years left. <laughs> no, I know, I know,
0: and, it's, and, and, and we, you know, it's not a somber or a damning thing, but like, I just I want to hone in a little bit of what you said about you used the word exhaustion.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's a very probably accurate, and I think a lot of women feel that way. I know a lot of women feel that way. And to be exhausted at 21 is just like, wait, guys, like, as, and I mean guys, like humans collectively, like, we need to get the memo here. Like, we can't have you, you know, as part of our greater tribe, (laughs) exhausted at 21 from dealing with men. Like, that's not, like, we're missing, like, we're, we've lost the plot if that's what's happening. But I feel like us talking about it and, like, having these conversations, like, is, like, kind of an avenue of, like, okay.
1: Seriously. Like,
0: we can write the ship.
1: It's crazy what you said earlier, too, about how, like, there's a history to this stuff. This story goes back way longer than my lifetime. You know, this is human history here. Like, there's... It's going to be hard work for men to rewrite that story going forward. You know, start from scratch. That is going to take a lot of bravery, I
0: think. You said it, sister. I mean, that that is like, it, it's actually kind of a death of self for men. And, I, and I've kind of experienced this in my own way, not saying, oh, I've transcended or turned the corner, but like the confrontation of what we're talking about is like a death of the ego and a death of identity. Like it, like almost like, Like, it's like throwing out the operating manual of what it means to be a man, sort of.
1: yeah. Turning your back on your, on the culture that you've been raised in for generations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot later, a lot lately, sort of this idea of, like, how do we not throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing, you know? Like, like... There are some healthy constructs about what it means to be a man, for sure what oh, definitely. it means to be a... no but 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 like but but I think that one thing that we're seeing happen, and um and I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this is like the conversation we're having right now, there's like a whiplash effect to that on the other side where you see people like digging their heels in harder on like these topics, like, like feeling threatened or ambushed. So they're like, oh, okay. You want to see like, you want to see what like forces, you want to see like what the roots of these are. Like you haven't seen anything yet. And like, we're seeing that in this country play out, right? Like, like I know one thing I appreciate you and I want to ask you about too. It's like, I know you like follow, you know, society and politics and sort of what's happening in these things, like, It's kind of amazing to see where we are as a country and as a world, like, I feel like a lot of people are waking up, no question. I feel like we're part of this shift, this like really exciting and part of that shift is like the darkness digging its heels in and like clenching at the same time. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like, I really like that. You know, on this point, it's sort of like, I, I i guess I don't know a way other to say it, but as we go into this, like, almost like the demons are unleashed mightier somehow. Like, I, I, I don't know if you're seeing that sort of like in the sort of societal political landscape. Um, but I'd kind of love to hear like what you've been thinking about, because I know you've been sort of active in like, stuff that's been going on lately and if there's been sort of like things you've observed that have sort of moved you or you know
1: yeah we definitely noticed that um protesting for black lives matter the whiplash coming back um you know so many more demonstrations of things like white nationalism and the proud boys like Parading through the streets like we haven't seen in decades in response to people saying black lives matter, right? And it's sort of like I think this is what you were getting at when you say like when you dig into these issues you Expose the whole yin-yang of the situation, right? Like you expose the whole duality of it And I do think that it um relates on a personal level too i'm not i'm I'm not trying to say this like i know the answer but sort of when you do dig into yourself and like look at traumas or patterns like healing is gonna be a process of feeling all the bad stuff fully like what's the word where you like Stuff gets led.
0: What's the word for that? Um, Not like an exercise. Purging. Word. That's purging. the word I'm looking purging. for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Totally. And, and and you said something earlier that I, I that you just reminded me of that I wanted to go back to. Um, you said something about like it shows up in the body.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that that we kind of carry these things, and I've I've really had that experience. I I would be curious if like. If you felt that, like if you've felt like okay just as, just as a a tangible example, so when you listen to that song you were talking about and sort of like yell in the car do you does your body feel like a release? do you feel better like on like a a level
1: sometimes with with this specific stuff, this is totally specific to me, but I have a feeling right in my chest, like a pain like in my heart, literally and it is super visceral for me, and I'll feel it if I'm feeling like bad stuff, like if I'm in a situation where I'm I'm feeling like a little triggered or like I'm having to like talk to a guy, like I'll feel it then, like clench up, but I'll feel it also like if I'm in a really loving space, like if someone who I love is holding me really tenderly and I feel super safe, I feel the exact same pain. In my chest there. Really? Yeah. It, and so, I, I can't really explain it either, but it's like both, the, both sides of the story collide and result in me feeling this feeling.
0: Okay, but well that's, that's fascinating. So you're saying that even in like the tender, loving moments, it can sometimes manifest as like pain.:
1: What I'm telling you is that um, healing means feeling. So, and that's why people are so scared myself included to actually go inside and look at this stuff and actually heal like why people don't want to go to therapy and talk about their shit because healing means feeling all this stuff
0: oh my god I want to say a thousand times yes <laughs> like just I, I have to almost repeat that for myself Because it's just so feels so true that healing means feeling
1: and it's scary Like we don't want to feel that pain It's a lot easier to just keep going forward even if you're trapped in a bad pattern We were talking about this the other day on a a national level as well But Uh, one thing that I realized the other day that is the good news is it's got to be a two-way street. If healing means feeling, then feeling also must mean healing. So the fact that you're feeling these things means you are also healing them. So like you're on, it's good news, right?
0: Yes. No, it is. It is okay. It is good news. And I think like a very tangible, Um, my my uncle actually wrote, a book sort of about this oh, and, no he, and, and he started yeah it's actually called healing your inner core and the beginning starts with this coyote he actually found in a canyon in a trap and it was a rusty trap and the coyotes you know one of his limbs was in the thing in the trap and the coyote, coyote of course naturally instinct kept pulling away from the trap yeah but of course as the coyote coyote pull away from the trap there's only a few ways that's going to end Either gonna die of hunger because he's stuck in the trap, or rip off, you know, a limb. But the only way to release that trap is to actually, for the cut, to go into the rusty, scary trap, and un, and that will actually unhinge it if it goes into it. And I think that's kind of what we're saying here about healing being feeling.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Is that like? We're not gonna, let's not like pretend that healing, that the feeling shit is, is easy. Right? Like, how do we feel more? Like, how, how do we normalize feeling? Like, what?
1: <sighs> one of my best friends, Azrael, always tells me this one phrase she always says, the only way out is through and um i'm no expert but i've been reading a lot of like buddhist texts lately and i think that what she says to me is very buddhist i'm i'm really interested in that tradition because they talk a lot about how like the only way out is through the goal is now all that type of stuff mm-hmm. like your definition of Contentment should include grief and pain. Mm. It shouldn't be the absence of it. You know, your definition of bravery shouldn't be the absence of fear. It should be your ability to expand enough to hold fear and be okay with it. And now you're brave, right?
0: Mm. Yes. I don't
1: know exactly how that relates to no, what you said. That about does. The trap, no, that the, no, that
0: that that does that does perfectly that totally relates. So I think I fully feel and agree with what you're saying. I think the one step though that has been missed, and I feel like it's been missed in a lot of spiritualities as well, is the expression of it, the processing of it, which therefore leads to the letting go of it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but like I, I, I'm also very drawn to like spirituality, Christianity, Buddhism, many you know Hinduism just and also just like the higher power life force energy that we are cosmically connected to ourselves and to each other like all that Mm -hmm. like that's where I live and I think that one thing that has been slightly missed in those areas though is the movement the release of this of that energy like like if it doesn't come out, it somewhere turns against us. Like, and I feel some of the ways that it turns against us are the ways we've been discussing about it. Like, honestly, men projecting a lot of their shit onto women and like using women as like their like emotional rehabs, basically.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, like I mean, like that's one. That's one area. Then there's like the drugs and the escape area, which I'm not saying drugs are bad, but like you know the escape and the abuse of the distraction of them yeah and and then there's you know there's there's guns and there's wars and there's there's all these deeper levels of like this stuff is is getting trapped in us right and it's not coming out it's not being expressed like I meant what I said at the beginning of the conversation of like you yelling in your car to a song is like a heroic act like that that's not like a small like, oh, you know, Kalea just being like fun and wild. Like that has to happen. Like we have to figure out ways to do that. And and like I can say that for as a whole, men aren't doing that, and it's like disastrous. It's leading to a woman like you saying you're exhausted at 21. Mm-hmm. Like these are very connected these these the, the, These are not random points in like isolated into space and time like these yeah. are directly correlated things totally like 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 not expressing these emotions that get trapped like actually lead to like the inappropriate projecting and like hunting of women and making women feel threatened like that's a direct correlation I know it because i've i've lived it i've experienced it like and like like, these are not ethereal abstract concepts we're discussing. Like, these are direct, like, connections and, like, consequences of this work not being done. And I just, like, I'm so excited to hear you, like, discussing. And pro- like, Like, I really hope that, like, even this conversation is, like, the beginning or the continuation of more of this talked about because... I almost feel like for the most part, this is like, these are almost like secrets, like being held and not being like, I don't know if you feel that way, but like, I mean, hasn't 2020 been kind of like a volcanic eruption of shit because stuff is breaking?
1: I think so. (laughs) I mean, I I definitely believe what you said, that all this stuff in the world is a result of... Of things going unprocessed. Like, even war. Like, I don't know. Is all is all this stuff just people, like, not being able to process grief for generations? I kind of think so. Does that mean I know how to address that in my day-to-day life? Not necessarily.
0: But, <laughs> like, when you said, like, healing is feeling, like, that was, that's prophetic. Like, we might be sitting here as two people, you know, talking about something, but like this is reverberating throughout the country and in the world right now in real time.
1: And so, but like, what do we think the answer is though? So if if we've gotten to the point where where we're saying that a key lies in being able to feel and thus heal, heal thus feel. But how do we do that? Because I mean, we can do it for ourselves. We can we can try to walk our own paths and look at ourselves, right? But I mean we really can't tell anybody else to do anything with themselves. And so what are like what I'm really curious about and what I'm really like into like what I want to do with my life is like figuring out the steps that need to be taken to like start healing this stuff so that things can actually start to change like in communities, you know, like what are the steps that people actually need to take like me and you?
0: I love that you're asking that because that's why I've started this podcast. That's why, that's why, that's why to me the first, well, What you just said was beautiful and, and brilliant, and I think it's first us doing the work ourselves. So like, again, you yelling or listening to a song or like moving these emotions and not letting them get trapped, you know, in your stomach or in your shoulders or then coming out in inappropriate ways like that's heroic that that that's the first thing is doing it so we have to break the cycle ourselves like that's yeah. that's that's number 1 because we're all we know we're interconnected like honestly and I said this to you a couple weeks ago like I feel some of the things you're doing and I didn't even know this until this conversation but I even felt your energy that like you're doing courageous heroic things like that reverberates out. It reverts even to me. Like it reverses into this house. Like it reverberates who you work with. Like like when one person does this work and does this stuff, it has huge network effects. Huge network effects. So the first thing we have to do is like embody it, right? Like be authentic to like how we're feeling and like try to feel more, not less, in a, in a world, in a society that's constantly telling us to shut down and right. not to feel.
1: And it's hard too. Like sometimes it honestly feels like I don't have time to feel and process all this stuff. Like, I gotta go to work.
0: (laughs) Totally. I gotta
1: pay rent, you know?
0: Totally. I don't have time for this. Totally.
1: (laughs) And it's really hard to find a balance.
0: Oh, my God. Welcome to my fucking life. (laughs) Like, yes. Like, tell me more about that. Like, I just, like, I want to hear a little bit more of, like, tell me about, like, you know, like work stuff or, like, you know, I want to hear more about like your vision for like what you want to do, but I also want to hear about like where you are right now like mm-hmm. how is it how's this all playing out because I'm in the thick of it with you. I'm like right. in real time dealing with this.
1: I mean, yeah, we probably have kind of similar experiences like yeah, you work in a grocery store, I'm a waitress. Right. and so it can be really hard if you are trying to make the choice to be like sitting at your house analyzing yourself, feeling all types of emotions, crying and then you, have to go to work and you're like, well, now I just have to talk to all these customers and be super chipper and pretend that I'm not feeling any of these things whatsoever.
0: I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like I, I am in real time. Like, okay. Remember I started the conversation. I said that it had come out sometimes like volcanic eruptions, like not in a good way. That was not good for me. Yeah. I am like slowly learned to like turn the faucet like little by little so like even with customers in the market that I work at, like I am more real than I've ever been in my life. And sometimes that doesn't manifest in like them having the best experience with me. Okay. like, like a fine like a fine one, like a professional, polite, but like not in me like abandoning myself, which might mean people pleasing.
1: Like when people put their broccoli on the on the belt <laughs> and they say, How are you doing today, man?
0: Like there are literally you times don't where, always say good. No, no. And that's taken me legitimately thirty seven years. <laughs> Like, I'm not being extreme when I say that has taken me 37 years. Like, there are there are many times now where I'll, I literally would just be like, I'm, I'm not like weird about it or awkward, but I'm just like, you know, like, I don't know. Or like, <laughs> totally. Like, or like, or like, it's too early to tell. Or like, you right. know, like, it's too early in the shift. Or like, and I've noticed that, like, if I if I do it in a way that is like, you know genuine and authentic and not like blowing people away with like too much information. Mm-hmm. Like actually people really appreciate it. You know? Like but what's it like for you like being a waitress like is it grinding you down like <sighs>
1: mm. I I used to be a barista before I served tables and it reminded me a little bit more of the interactions that you get to have with customers where I would get to have like a brief interaction with them, and sometimes I would be honest. Like, they'd be like, "How's it going?" I'd be like, "I'm hanging in there," you know, <laughs> something like that.
0: that is one of my and they'd be that like, one of my "Oh, go-tos.
1: me too." And then we'd have a moment of connection, you know. Hey. Um, but being a waitress is different because you quite literally see the direct results of your behavior in your tips. Um, it's so much about the tips, this work that. Um, I don't really feel like I get the luxury of being there's a there's a, definitely a certain persona that I have to present all the time and not only for because I want to make money but also because it's just a different culture. I'm I'm being watched and there's a certain standard that I have to meet. So, right. That's different and some days it really wears me down and it's really hard. Um, but there's other days that I actually really appreciate it because it's not fake. It's me going and leaving my other self at the door and then it's me tapping into my real my real joy, you know, to interact with mm. these customers.
0: Totally. And
1: it can actually be really helpful. It can actually t- totally turn my day around sometimes. Right. So I like that aspect of it.
0: There's a balance, right? Like and this is exactly what we were talking about before. And this is why I think it's so important to sort of like strategic, appropriate discharging of emotions. So then when you're in other environments, there's there's that, like, you can hold, it's like the yin-yang, you can hold the other side. Because the other side's real too, like Mm -hmm. you just said. Like the joy of it, like, like they're both part of your authentic self, like, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I just think for so many years, for me, I was so heavy on, like, the manufacturing joy side the like wanting other people to feel good that i completely abandoned the other side and like what goes up must come down so like i you know i was beaten by that other side because i didn't acknowledge it So so i'm curious so like let's just say resources were no issue you could do anything what would you like to be doing, like?
1: Um, I'd like to be a mom, A, definitely. Um, and I would like, I see myself living in a house in a city, but, like, a big house, not a little apartment. And um, I just want to have community around. And I mean that in a really... I mean I want to create a network in a city like I want to have I want my home to be a safe space for anybody that needs it um like I mean I kind of want to start my own women's shelter but I don't know if I don't exactly know how to do that yet but the thing that is clear for me in the vision is that i want to hold safe space for people and i want to have family like that i know
0: wow i mean i think knowing it is more than half the battle i don't know something really beautiful like already just like feeling and thinking of you as a mom like there's something so sacred Aww. there's something that just feels so i don't know i guess sacred is the way i would yeah. look at it but i i think you're gonna you're gonna be just like an... <laughs> uh. <laughs> i just the idea of you stewarding and shepherding human life just is so magical
1: i'm excited No, i'm it excited is. and it's... and i'm not gonna do it now but <laughs> I'm excited.
0: Well, you're gonna do it when you're right. When it's right. Mm-hmm. But I also, I also think equally as important is like you, your desire for like community, and building a network, and like people supporting each other.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of actually the key. It's actually it's kind of funny because earlier I was like, so what are the steps we take, right? But I actually think community is a huge part of this because. We live in this country that, like, the political system... Like, the system isn't going to do it for us. The system doesn't want to support people. The the system wants to make money, right? Like, the system is not going to be there for you. And so, like, we can't... I mean, yeah, vote. Keep voting. Do everything possible. But we can't really wait around for politicians to take care of us. We have to do this shit ourselves. And I think about that, like... If a civil war happened or when climate change gets really bad and when there's an apocalypse, like, do I know any of my neighbors? Do I have a network? Do I have a plan? Right? I think how we're going to survive is actually by just coming together.
0: God, like, from your lips to, like, the reality we need. Like, that's the shift right there. Like, that's actually what... Like, you, you kind of started there, I'm saying this. Like, you mentioned something else that was, like, good news. Like, this is good news. Like, as overwhelmed as we are, like, you just said it. Like, we actually do have the blueprint.
1: Right. We And we do totally have the resources, too. We do We have everything we need.
0: Like, we realize, right? Like just
1: not individually.
0: There's actually more money in the world that's ever been in history. That's crazy. Like... Like how are people going hungry? Like, like, and this is like you know. We 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 can wrap soon, and I definitely definitely want to have you on again because there's so much more to cover. I mean, like, I mean, we I feel like now we're just even starting to touch on like I know. how the systems are so stacked against people, in a way, and like, and I know you have a lot of insight into that, and like. And I want want to hear more because I think that that is actually where the rubber sort of meets the road in a way that like, I know it seems far off, but I I genuinely believe there are like, as more people wake up and as we come together, like you're talking about, there is like, we are going to be the system. Like we are going to take, not take back because I don't know if we ever had it, but like we're going to like reinvent and reimagine the systems in a way that like work for people. That's actually, ironically, I don't know if I ever told you this, but that's, like, why I majored in government. For that reason. Because government should be, like, a sacred, beautiful thing that is, like, of the people for the people. Right. But, like, let's not pretend that that was, like, maybe ever happening.
1: Definitely and not. We can
0: tell ourselves that. Like, we can say that. But, like, I think this is, like, like I, 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 and I mean this. Like, I, I feel and look at you as, like, a visionary, you know, like you may be a 21 year old girl right now in this season of your life that's a waitress, but and you're like a visionary healer <laughs> that we need to be thinking about and having these conversations. And it's like you said, it, it is about coming together. And and I also, you know, we can get into it next time, but I appreciate that you've been like attending marches. And, and and one thing I just wanted to quickly, you know, before we wrap up is just tell me a little bit about the thing you, you worked on with some of your friends you know about like raising some funds and just kind of like what it was, the scope of it. I mean, I think it might be past now, but I still just want to like just hear a little because I think that's what's such a cool, courageous effort you did.
1: Yeah, that that project is actually just wrapping up now. That was a really cool thing. Tell um, me just
0: a little bit about ended it. Ended up like,
1: happening. So and it was t- it was crazy too. It was all through Instagram. Like we didn't even literally just through Instagram, and the community totally stepped up. We just put out a call. Saying we wanted to do a raffle for um, raising funds for harm reduction, which I could have an entire conversation with you on this podcast about the concept of harm reduction itself because it's one of my latest obsessions.
0: Okay, well, but... can, can, can you can you give me like a, a few seconds now? I just want to yeah. Like...
1: So we're talking about harm reduction um, with regards to substance use. So some examples of that would be like providing people with Narcan, which is a drug that stops opioid overdose in the Mm -hmm. moment, um, you know, providing drug users with clean needles so that they aren't getting sick, uh, providing them with fentanyl testing strips, uh, because all types of stuff is cut with fentanyl these days, stuff like that, um, you know, water, food, blah, 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 but, uh, harm reduction as a concept is, is fantastic, like, voting for Joe Biden over Donald Trump was an act of harm reduction, right? You know, getting in your car and buckling your seatbelt, that's harm reduction. It's like, we all know cars are dangerous and they can kill you. And we are still going to take the risk, but we're going to wear a seatbelt to make it just a little bit safer along the ride. Right. So um, it's all about like sort of taking a neutral approach to these dangerous or harmful situations and not judging them as good or bad. Just saying, how can we take care of somebody in the moment? How can we make them safer in the moment? How can we maybe save a life so that further down the road, they'll have the opportunity to get the help they need. And so we got donations of art and all kinds of stuff from the community, herbs and gift certificates and art and clothes, and people just wanted to give us stuff for our raffle. It was amazing and we've raised hundreds of dollars and literally just through posting it on social media and people bidding on it.
0: That's amazing.
1: And so with the money we're planning on donating the majority of it to some local organizations that do harm reduction work, um, work to end AIDS and work to feed the houseless kids.